Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Good afternoon, everyone. 3.34 on a Thursday afternoon. Welcome to the show. Kimbo and the Roots with you live from Studio Lumo SA after being on the road yesterday, thanks to the hospitality and generosity of Ingle Farm Hyundai. And well done to Sarah, who made her radio debut. She was incredibly nervous. Came through with flying colours. Great supporters of our show, Hyundai and Balfour's, who have been baking people happy since 1853, and so is the Roots. Party people! Rooch, here he is. Rooch, here he is. Hey. Rooch, shaka-lucky, Well, you haven't been baking people happy, Rooch. Oh, I've been hey. baking a few people. You're, you've done. Yes. You've, made a, you've made a life out of that. Oh, thank you kindly. Are you any good in the kitchen? <laughs> no, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, well, I didn't go too far. It was just a generic question. No, I wouldn't go. Useless? Oh, no, not useless. What's your go-to dish? Oh. <clears throat> No, Obviously, no. happens once a decade. Yeah, it is about <laughs> once a decade. Yeah, no, do I wouldn't you, go. I go to. Do, do you cook each night? No, not each night. You know, I don't each night. You know, I'm very busy here, there, and everywhere. So you don't eat. I eat. I eat where I can, when I can. Balfour's sausage rolls. You live That's on them. It. The breakfast and lunch and dinner of champions. That's Good it. show coming up. We're live and interactive, Rich. I've got a bit more of a pep in my step at the moment. Oh, yes, the steroids are kicking in, are they? Taking bloody two weeks. Wow. Breaking out in a sweat, though. That's not good. Um, <laughs> if you want to send a text, <laughs> zero, a sign. Yeah, 0427 154 uh, If you want to have a chin wag, 1300 736 736. Busy night tonight, Rooch. At four o'clock, we'll speak to young Josh Gabalich. Is he related to Ray Gabalich? I've wondered the same question myself. He was former captain of Collingwood that kicked this famous. Mm. Yeah, kicked that famous. 70s or 60s? 70s. Well, would have been leaning 60s into 70s. Or 50s, was it? No, no, no. We've got to find out now. Yeah, we do. We'll find out. Someone will text. If not, we'll check it during the break. And yeah, and they say it was one of the great goals. He couldn't even bounce the football, the big fella. (laughs) Got away from him twice. Oh. Anyway, Josie Gabalich is an AFL reporter. He's an absolute beauty. So we're going to pick his brains with the latest with Ross Lyon after his third meeting route with St Kilda officials. People say it's virtually a fait accompli. He'll be in the big chair next year. A chair he's known before, Kim. Yes, yes. We'll be very familiar down there. I'm looking forward to once he does sit there as the St Kilda coach again, what panel he forms around him. And, and how... He conducts himself at press conferences. Will all the old Rossisms come out? Because today we're going to play a grab at the cobbler's cobble. He's a, yes, but he he's just very happy and smiley and friendly to everyone at the moment. After. Yeah, well he's selling at the moment. Once yes. he's bought in, that's his show. Yeah, get the shotgun out to everyone, especially <laughs> you. 
And um, you, and yeah, you. And you, yeah. G'day to Bomber Thompson. Yep. Um, we'll throw a few questions to Joshy about some of the delisted players, what he's hearing. I'm also going to ask if he's heard anything of the corridors of power, because that's where he works, in regards to the new CEO position. Now, whilst That's I've, gone very quiet, yeah, hasn't it? Have you chatted about I've that? I've spoken to a few club chief executives, Kim, and they are much <clears throat> like us in the dark. Really? Yes. Oh, sorry, I had the cough button yeah, on no. then, really, I said. <laughs> One in particular was... Uh, Felt, yeah, that still was some some way away before. They I know who's on. getting the gig. I'm ninety five percent sure. Ninety four. Oh, not have, again. You'll just have to wait. Not again. Not, well, not someone with your uh, surname, is it? Because well, he keeps Andrew Dillon's name keeps being put up as Uncle the Andrew. most likely candidate from within. I think he's going to bring me in as part of the program as well, Rooch. But what about? I know it's a lot of us bang this same drum, but Benny Gale just doesn't get a look in, does he? I know. I love him. I think he should yeah. get the gig. I think Andrew Dillon will get it. Mm, that's what we keep hearing, that from within it's Andrew well, Dillon. Well, last job, Gabalich it is, not Gabalik. Literally. Gabalich. Uh, 4.35, Jack Madgen's going to join us. He's just returned from overseas. So oh, hey, hey, hang on a minute. What's going on here? Matt Randell one day pumping him up, and now we're there as well. Yeah, this is nepotism at its finest. We're going to play back <laughs> what Matt had to say yesterday. He thinks someone should be picking, picking him up. I think he's a handy player as well. Okay. Very, very unlucky. Did his shoulder last year, then broke his hand, and he was a staple of that defence until yes. that happened. Well, the way in which... Matt describing he's virtually the general of that defence. Oh, as I said, he's looking after his nephew. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so looking forward to having water. a chat to him. Another one of those people, and it happens far too often, he was off on a holiday because that's their downtime. Yeah. I won't call it a footy trip. He was yeah. away with a few people, but got the call whilst he was overseas that he'd been delisted. Mm. I think he was a little shocked by it. So we'll talk to Jack and see what chances he has of being picked up and whether he'd contemplate coming to play in the sandfall if he didn't get picked up. Or would he go back to basketball, where he was a professional basketballer? As I say, do the Hugh Greenwood in reverse. Yeah. And looking forward to around 4.50, having a chat to Katie Mack. She's an absolute ripper. Adelaide striker, well, all-rounder, but bats. Mainly batting, yeah. Bats woman. Batter it is, isn't it? Oh, you say batter now. Batter, yeah. I can say bats woman, though. Well, I guess you can, but they say batter. All right. Batter. Makes me feel like... Fish and chips. Um, they take on the Sydney Sixers at Karen Rolton Oval tomorrow. They're zipping two, but I think they're better than that. Yep. And we'll stay with the cricket theme after 5pm. Nathan McAndrew, all-rounder for the Redbacks. We spoke to him last year when he came to South Australia, Rooch. Part of the loss yesterday, but they get to redeem themselves with a one-day 50-over game in the Marsh Cup at Adelaide Oval tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Also against Tasmania, isn't it? All right. Hey, here we go. Josh Gabalich yep. is Ray's grandson. Wow. And died when he was around nine years old. That's oh. Robbie from Sejuna. Okay. Oh, g'day, Robbie. Appreciate that. Uh, Sejuna, beautiful well, part he'd have of the world. Some memories of his grandfather at nine, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, all righty. Now, let's go around the grounds routes. It's, uh, it's not real busy at the moment, but I was intrigued by this. The AFL have released, I'll say this in inverted commas, terms of reference for the Hawthorne investigation. I pose the question, how does the AFL dictate the terms of reference if this is to be an independent investigation? Well, this, now, is, this has been the key point since this began. So the AFL appointed the panel. Mm-hmm. So well, hang on, the AFL appoints an independent panel. Is it still independent? Then the AFL sets the term of reference for this panel. Now, is that still independent? 
And then we've heard that the players that have made the accusation say they're not going to be interviewed or talk to people that are appointed by the AFL. Correct. So this is where perception reality. Now, at some Mm. stage you say, hang on, the AFL has to be seen as responsible here. But is the better process saying you go, even so, you're still going to have your hand in one part of the process, aren't you? Once you say you're going to be involved. Do they, as happened at West Coast, you go and appoint a, a retired Supreme Court justice and say, this is your, like Royal Commission, you pick your panel members, you pick yep. your terms of reference, you pick your timelines, we'll just accept your report. That would be as close as to full independence as you can be. But when you've got the AFL picking the panel, AFL setting the terms of reference, you go, oh, is this really independent? Now, you get some reassurance when you read uh, the terms of reference, which include all participants being able to share their perspectives, which is the way it should be. Every, yep. This was the major problem of the Hawthorne investigation. Mm. How you can only have one side of the story, and Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson as two of the key men who have been hit by this, not a, not being interviewed, not having their perspective. Farcical comes to mind. Exactly. So, and okay. damaging. But as the point you made, some of the participants are saying, well, if the AFL's got its hand on this, we don't want to be a party to it. Mm. So that's an issue for them. The other one is if you reach a point, and like we've seen in those racism reports, particularly uh, Damien Monkhurst and Michael Long, wasn't it? That was, yes, that was, yeah, that was going back a while ago. So yeah. there's the opportunity for mediation. So all of a sudden, if you, the panel's going, well... This is getting a bit too tense between the two parties, the stories. We, we're going to have to send them away for mediation. Otherwise, we'll never get to the resolving. That's probably a good step too. The one that I find interesting is they say the report will be released publicly, but it doesn't really tell you what that means. No. So is it, you're not expecting the full report to suddenly land on your desk when it ends, do you? I mean, I know West Coast did a, a pretty good job. Remember the famous... Don't you legally have access to that? No, because it's not a it's not a public entity like the Supreme Court or a uh, any sort of public entity where you say Freedom of Information Act. That's mm. that's not the way this one works. So I'll be intrigued as to how much of that is publicly released, or whether they say because of confidentiality, these bits have been blacked out. So that's going to be an interesting test for the AFL. I said before, out of every negative, you can find a positive. Let's hope they find one here. I call me a cynic. I think there'll be a lot of box ticking. That goes on. No, so we'll keep you up no, to date. I imagine there'll be a lot of change, Kim. And we've. Well, I hope so. I, if I think, in fact, these things are accurate. I think you'll get to the but point. But you don't know if they are. No, but I think we'll get to the point where key meetings like the ones that involved Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan, I wouldn't be surprised they now become recorded from now on. So when there is an issue of dispute. That's a different point, yes. I, I think there'll be a yeah. lot of changes in process. Well, I think there's a lot of workplaces where that may become. Uh, come applicable. Now, the other interesting one will be if it involves Indigenous players and the need to understand Indigenous culture, will we then reach the point that if an Indigenous player comes in and has an issue to discuss or is called in, that there be an elder, whether it be an elder in the group or an elder from outside also there to be alongside them to help them through the process? I think there's going to be a lot of procedural change. All right. We know it's a big deal. It uh, is. I know that some people find it tedious as well. We'll move on, Roach. Uh, there's going to be another father son at Brisbane. They won't have enough points. They so don't. What have we got now? They don't need them, Roach. No, not with a Category B. Yes, uh, this is uh, um, uh, Michael McLean. So he yeah, has magic. a son who's a basketballer. Yes, yeah, so he's been that's out of the system for to, three years. Ah, that's a yes. handy way to come through the system, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, because they need all their points to get Ashcroft and um, 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 is um, it Fletcher. Um, the other one, 
Who's the other one? Fletcher? Yes, it is. Fletcher. Sorry, just reading a story coming through. Uh, an, oh, another delisting route. West Coast has cut Zach Langdon. 110 now. From its list after just 25 games for the Eagles. Langdon joined the club at the end of the 2020 season. After three seasons at GWS, I thought he was going to make it. He was a handy small forward. In exchange for pick 54, he played 56 games overall in what has been an injury-interrupted mm. career. wonder if he'll no. get a second chance. And before we go to a break, uh, let's go to perhaps what is the big story at the moment. That is uh, Ross Lyon. He mm. had his third meeting with St Kilda. And surprise, surprise, you see him there. You see, no, you see him here. You see him there. You see him absolutely bloody everywhere. Tom Brown popped up to doorstop Ross as he was coming out of the building. Are you here for a board match or are you going to get appointed? Or? Yeah, hey, I'm going to meet the board, so just part of it. Have you got the job? Stepping through the hip. I couldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I have. We'll see you when you come out. Thanks, mate. See you, Ross. Uh, you might have heard that amid the laughter. Have you got the job? It's a fair enough question. Ross thought it was funny. Yes. Well, going to meet the board is a pretty critical step in all this now. Very affable, Ross, now. So what do we make of the process St Kilda's going through? They have their man, don't they? They're just now wanting to get through the terms and an understanding of what's going to be required by both parties, sure. Um. Let's, we'll hear from someone that's been a little bit closer to it than us. Now, Ernie Merrick, who most people would know through the World Melbourne Game, Victory. Melbourne Victory, a very, very successful coach, has been a mentor for Brett Ratton at uh, St Kilda. So he was interviewed today on Waitley. He had a lot of interesting things to say. So we'll go to a break, Rooch, and we'll hear from Ernie Merrick, and he can answer the question you just posed. This is Kimba on the Rooch. We're live and interactive, thanks to our great friends at Balfour's. A Balfour's in one hand, your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 3.52 on a Thursday afternoon. We love the support we get from Hyundai. Take a look at the Tucson Turbo Diesel. Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now. Just a... Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear, well, when I'm coughing, you, oh, could, you could talk instead of just silence when well, I'm, I'm dying. A... Are you okay there, Kim? You no. left us at the last break with a voice like Mr. Hulk. Mm. The steroids are kicking in. You've oh. come back weak as. Coughing fits again. No, I'm good. All right, enough For of that. sure it's you're right. Boring everyone to death. We've got a text here, though, which is yeah. very serious. Rucci, you loose cannon. <laughs> Can you flick the switch and turn SEN back on? Now, that's from Mario. And, Mario, we do acknowledge we've got a problem with the trans... He can't hear us. He can on the app. Oh, I hope he's listening on the app. I'm doing an apology, Rooch. Shut up for a second. Uh, We do acknowledge that we're having trouble with the 1629 on the radio. We've got a coupling problem uh, with the transmitter. Uh, we are onto it, but you can hear us crystal clear on the app, so we appreciate that. Very good. All right, coming up, Josh Gabalich at uh, 4 o'clock, Jack Madgen at 4.30. Why have we got 4.15 there? <laughs> What's going on here? Like two weeks off and everything falls apart. 4.35, Jack Gab- uh, Madgen. Katie Mack at 4.50, Nathan McAndrew after 5. All right, Rich, you asked a question. How do you think, how do you think, the sacking went at St Kilda. And, and the said, process yeah. to also hire Ross Lyon. I said, let's go to someone a little more qualified. Ernie Merrick has been employed as a mentor to Brett Ratton over the last couple of years. Now, he's the former 
coach of Melbourne Victory. Uh, this is Ernie on Waitley talking about how closely he worked with Brett Ratton. My contract uh, with St Kilda, uh, I had to spend three days a week roughly at the club. So pre-match preparation the day before, the preview of the game, implementation of the the uh, the training program to to devise a, a plan for the match. I, I spent the match day in the box. So it was very difficult to sit there and observe and take it all in and not be able to say anything. That was the hardest thing for me as a coach. Yep. I wanted to make decisions, but I didn't. And uh, and the review the day after the game, the first training day after the game I attended. So three days a week from pre-season through to round 21. All right, I'm going to go through a few of his comments, Roach, and then we'll get to the final question he was asked by Jared, and that was, uh, in his time in sport, how does he rank the sacking of Brett Ratton? I think you'll be interested in the answer. Uh, this was when he was asked about what type of coach he thought Brett Ratton was. I would say he's one of the best coaches I've ever worked with, and um, he's very modern. He has got great skills in coaching and, and winning respect and in developing players, he's got a thorough knowledge of the game. His expertise is outstanding, and that was evident early on in the season when he had more of a full squad before the injuries occurred. When at halftime, he'd often make key decisions that changed the result. Many times, they go in at halftime behind the opposition, and they came out on top. But you get worn down eventually with your lack of experience in midfield, your injuries to senior players like Ryder Gresham. Billings, Jack Hayes, he lost his tall players. It, it just makes life very difficult. I, as I say, first year victory, first half of the season, we were nearly top of the league, I think. We beat the, the ultimate champion, Sydney, 5-0 at home. And then I lost Archie Thompson to PSV Eindhoven. I had two or three injuries. I had inexperienced midfielders that couldn't last the pace over time. And uh, I needed to add three players, which I did with... Uh, um, Fred um, brought Musket into midfield brought in Roddy Vargas and it made such a difference having a second pre-season under our belt and a bit of longevity with Jeff Lord supporting me. So he makes a good argument for why they finished where they were and it's clear that he's a supporter of Brett Ratton so the obvious question follow-up question from Jared was well why couldn't St Kilda see what the plan was? In my opinion, it came down to this the expectation of the personality and role of the coach and the old-fashioned style of being an authoritarian sort of dictator and laying down the law all the time. And that style of coaching went out 20, 30 years ago. I know because I was part of it. When I coached the old NSL, I was an authoritarian dictator and ruled through fear and it's it's not successful. It certainly can't last in the long term. And uh, in modern coaching, and I'm working currently with Olympic level coaches as a, as a mentor at Victorian Institute of Sport. The best coaches are the ones that build good relationships with players and staff, have a, a sound plan in their mind, a strategic direction, and they implement it. And it takes time to do that. And that's what I'm saying. Three years is just not enough time, especially in football, where you can't go and sign a hundred million dollar. Uh, Van Dyke, Van Dyke, type player for Liverpool. So that that confirms everything Pete Ryan told us when we spoke to him from the Age on Friday. That we asked, well, what was the knock on Brett Ratton? And his report was that he was 
well connected, well supportive, well mm. meaning to the players, and yet St Kilda, like St Kilda, like Ernie Merrick says, wanted a dictatorial coach. Well, they're going to get one now. Well, uh, Ernie Merrick was asked about his thoughts on Ross Lyon. Well, I'm not aware of what they're going to do now. Um, as you are aware, I've spoken with a lot, I've shared ideas with a lot of AFL coaches over the years and spoken at functions and um, and end of year uh, conferences. And um, part of, uh, one at one stage, I, I spent a bit of time with Ross Lyon at Fremantle. He asked me to come up there. And I know that Ross Lyon's a very good coach. And, uh, but I'm not sure that it's the change is going to make the difference. It's really the stability and the recruitment of high-quality players and sticking with the same coach for a period of time who shows and proves what he can do like Brett. But I've certainly got nothing bad to say about Ross. Well, that goes to the key, isn't it? List management is so, so important now. Yeah, I don't think anyone said they were moral for the top eight last year, did they? No, no, no. they weren't. I wouldn't be doing cartwheels over their list. And they did have injuries, as uh, Ernie yep. said. All right, let's get to the million-dollar question. Ernie was asked where this sacking ranks in his time in sport. It's one of the worst I've seen. And um, I was part of the review process the day before he was sacked. And I considered the decision was already made. And I was just, you know, ticking a, a box to check on my belief of his performance. The difference is in soccer, when you're sacked from the English Premier League, you walk away with $20 million and yep. six months of salary. So when, in fact, I'd yeah. love to get sacked from an English Premier League club. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yes, there is that. There is that. Well, you I think do move a, on to another job very quickly, too. I don't know if I like that, uh, that new ruling, the clubs that are financially supported, and it's just six months. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card for mismanagement. Well, how would you like a rule? like happens in some other sports, that if your board is fiscally irresponsible, you not only get hit with having to make the payout, but you lose premiership points. Then see how they behave in signing up a not, coach I'm, and then I'm, 93 I'm sure, days later yeah, sacking him. I'm not sure if that's fair to your supporter base. Well, it would make the boards more responsible, Kim, because the supporter base would then say, now we're sacking the board because they have been fiscally irresponsible and hurt this club. That's right. a way to keep your board on, on very, very... Much on their tiptoes. You can have your say on that. The text line is 0427 154 uh, Four o'clock news coming up. Josh Gabalich coming up after that. Comeback of Ben Simmons has started with the Aussie fouled out for four points, five assists and five rebounds in 23 minutes as the Brooklyn Nets lost to New Orleans. Two minutes past four. Kim Barr on the Roots with you. We are live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to our great friends at Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Just a reminder, Jack Madgen coming up after 4.35. Adelaide striker WBBL star Katie Mack also joins us just before five. And after five o'clock, Redbacks cricketer Nathan McAndrew. But right now we're heading across to Melbourne to a very talented young AFL reporter, Josh Gabalich. Josh, thanks for your time. Great to be with you guys. Hope uh, everything's settled over there after the trade period. It feels like it was a, a massive one in your part of the world, but especially here as well. Yeah, it's been busy, no doubt about that. And there's still plenty to talk about in regards to players that were delisted that may be picked up again. We want to throw a few at you, Joshy. We don't expect you to have all the answers, but we are hopeful. Uh, update us on the latest with Ross Lyon and St Kilda. He had his third meeting. Yes, well, it looks like he's going to return to St Kilda. We'll find out a bit more, I think, tomorrow. Possibly 
next week will be an announcement. But it, all signs point to him returning to St Kilda. It's quite amazing to think that he coached there 11 years ago and he's going to return. So we'll find out a bit more in the coming days. But as you said, he met with Andrew Bassett on Monday. He mm. met with the club again on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, yesterday, he, he sat down with the board. So a decision is imminent, but all signs point to him returning to St Kilda, which is which is pretty big, especially there's been a really big push from the old St Kilda Mafia when you think mm. of the likes of Brendan Goddard and Nick Del Santo and Nick Rewalt. Lenny Hayes has, of course, already returned as a midfield coach. There's a chance that Brendan Goddard returns in some capacity to that football department. There's even been murmurings around Lee Montagna returning in some capacity. So there's been a really big push from that old crew that had so much success under Ross Lyon. But when you consider how he departed the club at the end of 2011 to move to Fremantle, it's quite remarkable that he's going to return. But we'll find out a fair bit more, I think, before the weekend. Joshy, just a quick one. There was talk about Luke Beveridge being approached. Was that just a smokescreen or was it genuine? I can't confirm if it was genuine or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if a conversation was had with someone around Luke Beveridge, just given he's out of contract mm. in the next year. He's obviously a very loyal person, but he did work at St Kilda before he moved to take that role at the Bulldogs back in 2015. So I think all along they've had Ross Lyon in their sights. That's why so, they made that decision so, last Thursday night. It was one that came out of nowhere when you really think that it was less than three months after re-signing Brett Ratton for two more years. So I think right. Ross Lyon was always the man that they wanted. So on that point, Josh, that, and this is about the process, who's going to finish second in this whole process? Well, it doesn't look like there's going to be well, that's my point. a second. It's a, that's my it's, point. This isn't a diff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So no. it won't be Adam Uze this time, and he's run second <laughs> yeah, well, in a couple. Yeah, you can knock that one off. Yeah, yeah. If, well, I reckon if St Kilda rang Adam Uze, I'd say, get stuff. It's not going to be play a little bit part yeah. in the game. Hey, who's going to get magic round? Is it South Australia? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's been so successful in the NRL. I, I feel like this is something that's, that's definitely growing a bit of momentum. I don't know if it works, but... Well, that's the great question, like Josh. Why are we doing it? We were only months, if not a year away from when we've had coaches. So we want the game to be shorter, the season to be shorter. Now we're going to add an extra game and still we don't have an explanation as to why we're doing it. Well, it'd be to grow the game. If it's on the eastern seaboard... Well, we're not growing it in Adelaide. Oh, well, we? you can. You might bring in new people, Rich, still. Mm, intriguing. So why are we doing it, Josh? Oh, I don't know. I, I was totally against AFLX and I feel like, although this is an <laughs> AFLX... This is heading into those sort of areas. And oh. we understand why it's worked in the NRL. I mean, the NRL, yeah. if you look at the yeah. attendances, they needed to try something. We don't need to try that in the AFL. But, look, it might be something that, that works. I don't know. But it, it puzzles me because I love the fixture and the way it's spread out across the weekend. And, and the introduction of Thursday Night Football has been really successful as a TV product as well. So... Not sure about Magic Round, but it feels like it's definitely growing some momentum. So, Josh, if one of the conditions that was put on the table by the AFL is that no team is to get a home field advantage, because that's the whole point of Magic Round, is there is no home field advantage, we've got to then conclude if it comes to Adelaide, we get a showdown in Magic Round. Mm, exactly. Well, how does, it, how does that work then if there's no home field advantage? Because so, both teams are playing on Adelaide Oval, neither of them has a home field yeah. advantage because it's a 50 50 game. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me give you an easier question, Josh. I'll take the pressure off you. You walk the corridors of power. Mm. Who's going to be the next CEO of the AFL? Is it my uncle, Uncle Andrew? (laughs) 
I don't know. This one feels like it's it's heading. I, I feel like we're not as close as we were only a couple of months ago, especially really? everything that's going on with Hawthorne and and obviously Tasmania. We're still yet to get a decision. I mean, when Gil McLaughlin announced in April that this would be his final season and he'd see out the season. I mean, the season's come and gone now. We're nearly in November, and it feels like we might have to wait until the new year before there's a change of power. But Andrew Dillon is, is clearly someone who's been mentioned for a long time. Travis Old is the other one. And you consider the way uh, Gillan McLaughlin Ooh. and Andrew Dimitro rose to their roles. They were internal promotions. So they're clearly in the box seat. Patrick Delaney is a name that, that continues to be linked to this role. He's obviously been heavily involved in broadcast for a long time at Fox. Yep. And, and Kylie Watson-Wheeler, she's the president of the Western Bulldogs. She runs Disney in Australia. She, she's also got a lot of support. So they're the names at the moment. And then, I mean, we haven't seen someone from Clubland come in and, and take the role. Well, we know he should. A, <laughs> we, should be Benny Gale, surely. Well, he, he's, he's someone who's, who's generated a lot of support. There's Tom Harley, Simon Garlic. Even Dave Matthews has been linked to this role. He's obviously been with the Giants for the duration of their existence. So right now, it, it doesn't feel like we've got a real clear standout. But if you have tried to put uh, some money on it, I think it would be one of Andrew Dillard yeah. or Travis Saul. But I still think there's a fair bit to play out. So of all the things that Gillen put on the agenda before he left, and now Hawthorne's been added to it. So we've got Hawthorne, Tasmania... And the CBA of those three, mm. which is the most difficult for him to deal with? Well, I think the Hawthorne one has become such a big issue. So he definitely can't leave before that is finalised. And he announced today that they expect that investigation to be completed by the 22nd of December. So that really does take him all the way through to the new year. But he also said that there's no guarantee it will be completed by yeah. then. So there's no way he can leave until that's completed. So. I think we're definitely going to see him at the start of next year, but it might even take a bit longer when you think about it. So we could see him all the way up until the start of next season. Still yeah, the... I think you're right there. I think it'll be at least uh, March. It's going to be a longer farewell tour than Johnny Farnham's, is which still... is still going. Is all the best still... to Johnny. Is there still the prospect of an international candidate? It's definitely something that's been, been floated, but I, I think there's a lot more support for those that know the game yeah. and the intricacies yeah. around that. So... That would be that would be my view. I, I I do think that Andrew Dillon and Travis Ald both have a really big advantage because they've been in the building for so long. And in Travis Ald's case, he's been inside Clubland at two different clubs, so he's got a lot of support there. So I think it comes down to one of those two. But I wouldn't rule out Watson Wheeler or, or Patrick Delaney. Okay. They're, they're, they're two names that, that keep, keep coming up in conversations I have. 95% done with my uncle, Uncle Andrew, Andrew Dillon. Hey, just a quickie, you're at the coalface over there, Josh. You're bumping into all these people in club land. Uh, with all the delistings, are you hearing uh, about anyone that's definitely going to be picked up, like names like Quentin Narco and Sydney Stack, Mitch Wallace, are the Brown brothers? Are you hearing anything over there? The real difficulty right now with the delisted free agents is there's a bit of a lack of clarity around list spots. So mm. although the, the DFA window opens on November 3rd, I don't know how many we'll see taken in that period. Obviously, they've still got the SSP and the rookie draft. I think it might take up until the rookie draft for some of these players to earn another opportunity. And I think I think right at the top of the list is, is someone like a Jed Anderson, who was quite stiff yeah. to be yeah. listed by North Melbourne. He's only 28. It was only a couple of years ago that he finished third in the best and fairest at the Kangaroos. 
Now, this year didn't really go to plan because he didn't start training until March because he was um, he was reluctant to take the, the vaccine. He ended up doing that, played 14 games. I thought he was quite stiff to be delisted. So I know Gold Coast were really interested in him during the trade period. So it just came down to what happened to Braden Fiorini. They kept Braden Fiorini instead of even going to Collingwood. And that was also an issue in terms of Caleb Poulter, who's attracted a fair bit of interest from the Gold Coast Suns as well. So... I'd expect one of the two of them to get an opportunity with the Suns, and whether that's via the SSP or Rookie Draft or DFA, I don't know just at this stage, but I'd expect one of those two to get a look in. Quinton Knuckles, the name you mentioned, I'd be shocked if he didn't get another yep. opportunity. There's, there's been a handful of clubs, including the two Western Australian clubs, that have held preliminary discussions with his management. It just needs to see how these things shape out, because that clubs needed to get through the trade period to see where they sat in terms of list spots, and now they, they take stock ahead of the draft. But I'd be surprised if, if Quinton Knuckle didn't get another gig. And Cal Brown's the other one. I, I thought he was a little bit stiff yep. not to get another contract at Collingwood. Just 24, played the 70 games. He was an emergency in all three finals. So he couldn't have come much closer without playing. So I thought he was pretty hard done by it not to get another deal at Collingwood. But it's a ruthless business, as we know. Him and his brother, they're both looking for another opportunity. They've got a little bit of interest early, but I think... With someone like Cal Brown, it's more like an SSP. Come in, audition, and, and see where you sit come sort of January, February, March. Josh, there's one empty chair at AFL House, and that's the one that Brad Scott vacated to become Essendon's coach, in charge of the football department at AFL House. Who's going to get that gig, and will they get rid of the stand rule? Well, I did trade radio with, with David Noble on the final day, and I kept saying, I, I feel like this is, this is the, the role that's suited to you. Given you've been a list manager head of football, senior coach, I feel like you'd be really mm. well suited to that role. I, my, my feeling is that he's, he's quite open to that position. Jimmy Bartel has been vocal about um, being interested in that role. He's obviously heavily involved in the Adam Kingsley appointment and everything that went into chasing Uze and Alistair Clarkson and, and looking at uh, Mark McVeigh. So he wouldn't be a bad appointment either, especially given his, his background. But I just feel like David Noble would be a really good fit for that role. Love it, Joshy. He's a good friend of ours. We've known Nobes for a long time. Hey, really appreciate you jumping on the phone and that comprehensive uh, update, Josh. Much appreciated. No dramas. Anytime, guys. Appreciate that. Josh Gablich from the AFL, uh, one of their gun young journos. Uh, really It'd be a good gig for David, too. Oh, it, David? I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. We'll keep an eye on that one. Yeah. We'll get Nobes on and we'll ask him about it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good fit. Uh, it just highlights the more we're in this caper route and the more we talk about it, being a delisted player, it is a death by a thousand cuts, right. having to wait until the pre-season draft to know whether you have a career. You can't proactively go out and get a full-time job if no. you're still holding on to your dream. Well, the Jared Leonard story tells us that yeah. when he told us this time last year he was about to start teaching. I don't have the answers, but there has to be a uh, better system, surely. We need to go to a break. It's uh, 4.14. This is Kimba on the Roots. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 
4.20, great to have your company. We're live from Studio Luma USA. Thanks to Hyundai, the Tucson Turbo Diesel. It is in stock now. Roach, before we move on to James Rowe, Jimmy, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Johnny Ralph has re- done an update on Magic Round. Yeah, and what he's saying probably points towards Adelaide because if this sort of money is being splashed around, you're going to need crowds at games. He's saying AFL Magic Round has been put up as an incentive to the clubs where they would each get half a million dollars extra as a yep. windfall. So that's a million dollars a game. They share half a million. Now, look, the players are going to say, hey, we're playing an extra game. What do we get? Mm-hmm. They're putting 200000 on the table for the players. That balances out to less than 10000 each. Hardly a great incentive to players who are... Oh, it'd be uh, shocking to get $10,000 for know a game of footy. I, I know what <laughs> oh, you, you know mean. What I'm saying. I know, Give, I know what you It's not you their, average, their average 10000 they And uh, you poo-pooed it a bit when Peter Malinowskis came out initially and put the hand up. And I thought it was good that they are being proactive. You thought it was theatre politics, possibly. Oh, well, let's be honest here. It wasn't his idea. It was from... Doesn't the, matter. Wasn't he still idea. came out with it. Oh, he's supportive of it, but it wasn't yeah. as long as he came up with the idea. Well, it doesn't matter, though. That's why you have people underneath your roach. Yeah. Someone came can't be expected to have all the answers. I like the fact that he got on the front foot, as opposed to the previous government that had a chance to get two grand finals. Yeah, but then now you're being, made now a really you're being unfair. Pathetic little effort. At no, the but end. you're being unfair because it's the previous government who put this on the table through the tourism commission. Doesn't matter, Roach. Well, it's been you... supported. He didn't have to support it, but he has. Yeah, but you can't knock the previous government when they put it on the table first. Oh, bloody oath, I can. Well, they came up with they the were idea. asleep at the wheel with the grand finals. Oh, Roach. Okay. Well, anyway, we're not getting into room. we're not getting into politics, yeah. but it would be great. For the state. Um, yes. And because if you've got WA sides and Gold Coast, Brisbane yep. playing, and then people come away for a weekend in Adelaide to yeah. watch their teams play, yep. I think it'd be great to get. All right, let's move on to other matters. Here's a text, Roach. We spoke about this yesterday. This one starts off, Dylan's right. I like it. Uh, if, oh, of course you would. <laughs> if Port doesn't happen often. If Port don't take Jimmy Rowe, that's a massive miss. They can't rely on Fantasia getting on the park and all the question marks over Rioli. 13 games in three years. Um, Port's lack foot skill up forward, and that's exactly what Rowe would bring. He's already in SA, and he is a free hit. Go get him. Okay. So it'll be interesting how Port balance this out. Do they believe in McIntyre? Yes, they've given him a contract. Mm-hmm. One that surprised us is Dylan Williams getting a contract. That little surprise there, yeah. Do they now look at Francis Evans from Geelong as a better option than James Rowe? We'll see how that one balances out. But, yeah, all the points you make, local, wouldn't be a big hit on the salary cap. No demand in terms of draft picks because they can actually pick him up as a delisted player after the draft. Don't have to worry about the expense of travel. None of all that. Relocating. So there's a lot of ticks. Now it comes down to is he the best option of all the players they're looking yeah. at? And, that's, and, and we don't will, know what they have on table. We don't know the what key. they may draft. That we pick 30, whether yep. it's another small forward. Yes. But if they didn't, I genuinely think he's worth a free hit. We know the knock is the leg speed, but he has a really high footy IQ. When he gets yep. the ball, something happens. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, no, but he, he's worth a go. Here's another text. Uh, Arvo boys, how would Jimmy Rowe look at West Coast? Uh, now Rioli is gone and Langdon, Langdon delisted. Also, Poulter would make sense to a rebuilding Eagles on the wide Optus Stadium. That's from, that's from Lockie. Good thought, Lockie, yep. So we, I know we touched on it yesterday and there were some mischievous Port supporters, you know, because of uh, Jimmy's heritage not being quite so keen. No, he should not be judged by the sins of his father. Yeah. 
Uh, afternoon, lads. I was going to sell my car because I couldn't hear you blokes on the radio. <laughs> Thankful for the app. Oh, Steve <laughs> from Seaton. Uh, Steve, I, wait, we have apologised. We know we've got a transmitter problem at the moment, but the app is crystal clear sound. Thank you for sticking with us. We are genuinely doing our best and we appreciate your support. Indeed. All righty. Uh, 4.24. Good show coming up, Still Roots. Uh, Jack Madgen after 4.35. Um, Adelaide striker, WBBL star, Katie Mack. Looking forward to that chat. And Nathan McAndrew from the Redbacks. They need to turn around their form. I don't care if it's in the for the strikers or the one-day Marsh Cup or whatever, Roach. And while we're on the shield, if WA doesn't lodge a formal complaint to Cricket Australia about the LBW calls being made in their shield game against Victoria, they are selling themselves short. I've never seen you so invested in umpiring decisions in domestic cricket. Cricket Australia's putting up on the Twitter account. I look at them, I go, this is wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. If you want to know what what Rich is talking about, where should people go? Go to cricket.com.au, which is Cricket Australia's Twitter account, and have a look at the latest LBW decision that's actually been done in favour of Victoria against WA. It is Horrendous. Rich, this could be up your alley and it's never too late to change direction in life. You could be an umpire. All right. A cricket umpire. All right, I'll get onto it. I'll go do the course. Yeah, it'll be a bit like your match race with Rowe, I think. (laughs) A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rich. Time for the news. We're going to run a little bit late, Roach, because we need to. Uh, Doc Clark held a press conference today because they've got a huge game coming up tomorrow at 10 past five, Unley Oval, when they take on Geelong. They need to win their last two to guarantee a top four place. Before we get to Doc on who's replacing Chelsea Randall, he was throwing a little curly one about the delisting of Brett Turner. Yeah, that's a challenging uh, position to be in. Uh, anytime you come into the squad midway through a year, um, you know it's it's challenging to have that impact, particularly if you've come uh, with an injury. So, but I thought, uh, particularly as SNFL final series is outstanding, so it demonstrated a capacity to play, you know, above SNFL level. So hopefully there'll be opportunity down the track. Do you think the club should have maybe persisted with him, giving a proper crack at a full pre-season, maybe? No, I think the list management's challenging. There's always you know pros and cons. For every decision, and you know the, the people that are charged with that role uh, are very, very diligent. I know that, so um, you know they will have made the decision in the best interest of the club. Well, they did it for just a mechanical issue. He'll be back on the list, and it's I would imagine yeah. so. Very diplomatic by the doc. He's yeah. an absolute beauty. Let's give him an easy question: Who comes in for the injured captain, Chelsea Randall? So, yeah, obviously Chelsea missing out uh, this week, which is frustrating and disappointing. But, yeah, the upside of that is we get an opportunity to uh, to blood new players and we're going to have a, a debutante this week in Kira Muller uh, from Sturt Footy Club. Uh, really good for us that she's able to make her deba- debut this season because she's done everything right. Uh, she's ready to go. She played a great... Uh, we had an internal... or not an internal, but a scratch match up on the Gold Coast last week. Uh, and she was really strong, played really, really well. So really excited that she's going to come in and debut for the club. So another debutante for the Crowies. That is good news. It's 4.32. News coming up next. Then we chat to delisted Collingwood star Jack Madgen. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.